Today it's great to be here um, to worship with you and to celebrate uh, the great and the amazing and the never-ending love of God, especially that we see uh, through Jesus Christ and that sacrifice on the cross. Uh, If you have your copy of the scripture, I invite you to turn with me uh, to one of the most familiar passages probably in all of uh, the Bible, John chapter 3. Just verses 16 and 17. John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. It says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. But God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly God, I thank you and I praise you for the precious gift of your word. And for opportunities to open it together as your people, as your church. And seek your guidance, your ways. Lord, teach us now more of your love, of your grace and your mercy. Show us, Lord, who you are. Lord, may our hearts receive your precious good news. The freedom that we can have in you. Be glorified, Lord, through all that we do. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As I said, John 3.16 is probably the most famous Bible verse um, of all. Now, there are a lot of verses to choose from. And this is one which has kind of sank into the hearts of Christians around the world. There are millions of Christians around the world who uh, could recite this, uh, this verse from heart or at least reference it. And so why is it that uh, this particular passage uh, really hits the heart of Christians. I think it's because it makes clear to us the simple gospel message. Now, the word gospel simply means the good news, and we often call Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John the four gospels in the Bible because they tell the story of Jesus, the good news that Jesus has come as our Savior to set us free from sins and and to, to make us right with God. He has paid the price for our sins, and we can have life instead of death. The good news is simply that no matter your sin, God's love is greater. No matter what, God offers you never-ending love and never-ending life because Jesus has paid the price for all sin once for all. And all you have to do is accept that gift of life. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that is incredibly good news. That is the gospel. That is good news. That is reason to celebrate. I mean, the Bible puts it further this way. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. 1 John three sixteen says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. 1 John 4, 9 to 10 says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his Son his one and only Son, into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we've loved God, but that God loved us and He sent His Son to be an atoning sacrifice for our sins. You see, it also says in the Bible, in the book of Romans, chapter 3, verse 10, that there is none that's righteous, not even one. None of us are perfect. I know you guys are pretty amazing. I think you're pretty amazing. But even you guys who are amazing... The Bible says we all 
has sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none that's perfectly righteous, not even one. And the Bible also says in Romans 6.23 that the payment for that sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So he is that atoning sacrifice, and that word atoning simply means paying the price completely for something. He has wiped the slate clean. He has paid completely a debt for our sin. Now only God can do that. Jesus Christ is God in, in the form of man. He was sent by God to pay the price for the sins of every man and woman, boy and girl. It's something that only God can do because He is the only one who is pure and righteous. And He sent Jesus to pay the price for that sin so that God might offer to us life instead of the death and the punishment that we deserve. Jesus was sent by God, but He was also willing to make the sacrifice. Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 to 39 tells a familiar story of Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, in this story, he's, he's having a, a time alone. His uh, disciples are, uh, he's left them aside. In fact, they, they end up falling asleep. But he gets in this garden and he prays. This is only a few days before he is going to have to go through the most gruesome form of capital punishment one of the most gruesome ones that have ever been. And in this prayer, Jesus kneels down in this garden and he says, God, if there's any way, if there's any way that this could pass for me, then please lead me that way. But Jesus said, let your will be done. God sent him for the purpose of saving mankind, saving us from our sins. This isn't something... Jesus, he didn't want to go through that torture and the, the punishment, the hard times, the, the, the gruesome uh, experience of the cross. But he was willing to go through whatever it took for God's will to be done. And from that moment, after he prays, God, your will be done, there was no fear or anger from this point leading up to his time on the cross, his death. There's no animosity toward those who were screaming at him, crucify him, crucify him. There was only peace and forgiveness. In his book about the life of Christ, a pastor from the 1800s named Eustace Condor wrote this. He said, After this awful season had passed, this time of prayer, we see our Lord exhibiting the most perfect calmness, majestic self-restraint, and unshakable fortitude to the time of his death. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus was absolutely at peace. An eerie calm was something that people just couldn't understand because he was willing to go through all of this. He didn't open his mouth. He didn't speak a word of discontent. He was willing to go through what he needed to do to sacrifice his own life on the cross because of his love for you and me. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I have to ask, how can God love that much? How can he love that much? Well, it's interesting because the Bible answers that as well. Because the Bible says that God doesn't just act 
in love. 1 John 4, 16 says God is love. He is pure and perfect love. And He came to save us with that love. You see, Jesus is God. And He came for a purpose to save us as only He could. As I said, He is the only one without spot or blemish, the only one without sin. He is perfect in every way. When Jesus spoke, He wasn't just saying, hey, this is what the Lord says. He is the Lord. He is God. And He can say, I have come for this reason. The prophets in the Old Testament often said, this is the word of the Lord, and they spoke a word that God gave them to say. In the New Testament times, the priests would often interpret the Scriptures, and they would read aloud the, the scrolls of the Scripture, and they would say, this is what the word of the Lord says. But Jesus spoke the words, I am with you. I say to you these things. I, in Matthew 15, Jesus says, I was sent to the lost sheep in the house of Israel. Jesus, God in flesh, was sent by God to bring us back to God. You see, that sin that I said everybody has, that sin that I said no one's righteous, none of us, that sin separates us from God. But Jesus wipes out that sin by His grace and by His sacrifice on the cross. And if we accept Jesus as our Savior, we can have life with God. No more does sin and death control us because of God's love for us as displayed in the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 and 15. This is a, a powerful passage. It says this, When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all your sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. You see, death, death, <clears throat> condemnation and death was a punishment for sin. Jesus says, bring that to me. Bring all of that sin, bring all of that wrong, all that punishment to me. I will bear that on the cross so you can have life. So any who choose to can have life because I, God, I, love, will forgive all that sin. I will wipe the slate clean. I will be that atoning sacrifice that once for all pays the price for all the sin of every man, woman, boy, and girl. And He cancels that debt that we owe. He pays that price for us. And He says, He cancels that charge. He's taking it away, nailing it to the cross. And once He's disarmed that power, the powers and authorities, He makes a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Clearly pays the way for all to have life. Jesus defeated death. Hell and the grave. Jesus paid the price for all sin once and for all. How? With love. The great military leader, Napoleon, is said to have remarked, Alexander, Caesar and I conquered the world by force, but Jesus Christ conquered by love. And still today, millions would gladly die for him. 
Jesus paid the price for all mankind to have life, to have freedom, to not be held back by the chains of sin. All we have to do is trust in Him. The old hymn says, Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but Jesus washed it white as snow. He loves you. And He's paid the price for you. He never stops pursuing us with His love. He never gives up on us. He'll never stop. He'll never give up. Jesus paid the price for you. For you. He knows you. Psalm 139, I I encourage you to read it later on today. Psalm 139 is a beautiful passage of Scripture. A beautiful psalm talking about how intricately God knows us. It says, if you go in the heights of the heavens, He is there. If you go into the depths of the sea, He is there. Even if you go into the darkest place you could imagine. And you say, well, surely the darkness will hide me. Even the darkness is as light to God. It says, He knows our thoughts when they're still far off. He knows our words before they roll off our tongue. He knows how many hairs are on our head or how many hairs used to be on our head. He knows these things. But He also knows the times we've stumbled. He knows the times we've fallen. He knows you completely. So don't think, well, that sounds great, Mike, but that sort of love just isn't relevant to me. I'm here to tell you this love is exactly here for you. God's love and God's mercy and forgiveness. He knows you and He died for you. He died because He knew that that sin, even those things that nobody else knows about, those things separate you from God. And there's no amount of right things, there's no amount of good things, there's no amount of giving you can do that will get you back right with God. The world will just say, well, just live a good life, marry a good wife, whatever it is, do the right things, and you'll make it through. The Bible is clear. Sin separates us from God, and without a Savior, we die in that sin. And we're separated from God for all eternity. But God loves you so much, and He's such a gracious God, that He said He's not willing that any perish, but that all can have eternal life. John 3.16 says, God loves you. He loves me. He loves the world so much that He gave His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, so that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but can have everlasting life. He didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but so that the world through Him might be saved. God loves you. He sent His Son, Jesus, to pay the price for you. And if you trust in Jesus, you don't get the punishment you deserve. You get life. You get freedom. You get peace and eternal life with God. The choice is up to you. Christ has paid the price for all mankind. And He offers us life instead of the death. All you have to do is accept that gift of life. If you think... You can never be forgiven. You're wrong. If you think, if you think that you can't be loved, you're wrong. In fact, let me say this morning, if you think you can't be forgiven for that sin, 
If you think you can't be loved for who you are or who you've been, I want to tell you this morning, you already have been. You already are loved. You already are forgiven. Christ has paid the price for that sin and that wrong already on the cross. And He offers you life. You don't deserve Him. I don't deserve Him. But God is merciful and He's gracious and He's loving. And I want to challenge you, if you're here this morning, and you feel God pulling on your heart and saying, just accept that life. Accept that gift of life. Romans 3.20 says, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and I'll fellowship with him and he with me. Maybe you feel Jesus standing outside your heart's door this morning saying, I want to forgive you. I've already forgiven you. I already love you. Just accept that gift of life. Accept that mercy. The payment for your sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. It's yours for the taking. All you have to do is ask. If you're here this morning, you feel God pulling your heart this way. Today's the time to get your life right with God. Today's the time to, to pray and to just give your heart to God. Accept that gift. It's yours. Jesus offers it to all. Any who will trust in Him. Any who call in the name of the Lord, the Bible says, will be saved. Now I challenge you, even if you leave here today and you say, you know what? I should have done it. I should have asked Jesus into my heart. Jesus isn't just here. He is with you wherever you want. Wherever you are. Night or day, if you're on the road, uh, if you're by your bedside, if you're sitting at the dinner table like I often am, uh, eating and snacking, whatever, wherever you are, wherever life finds you, God is with you. And the moment you say, I want to accept that gift of life, you will find so much freedom, so much forgiveness, so much mercy. We're going to continue on now at home of worship and continuing to celebrate who Christ is because of that awesome love for us that's displayed through Jesus on the cross. We're going to sing a couple of songs and then we're going to, uh, to close with a time of, of communion. And through this time, I just hope if you're, if you're a Christian, you've given your life to Christ, man, you've got reason to celebrate, to worship God for all He's done for you, for His amazing love for you, for His amazing grace. If you're here this morning and you've never given your life to Christ and you want to make that decision today, feel free to, to come down and, uh, and just you know, sit here in the front row. Uh, some of us will come and, and pray with you. We would love, we would love for you to give your heart to Jesus this morning. Let's all stand, if you will, and uh, join us as we continue to worship. Let me remind you uh, that God's love is always here for you. If you need to pray anytime, He will hear you and will offer to you life and hope. Even as we end the service uh, today, if you feel you're in need of prayer, um, I'll be up front. Even if everyone leaves and goes in the parking lot and you sit in the car and then you think, oh, I need to come back in, I'll, I'll be here to, uh, uh, to pray with you, to talk with you. We want to give you opportunity to get things right uh, with God today, no matter what that is. But let me just pray for us. God, I thank you and I praise you for who you are. I thank you and I praise you for your awesome love for us in that you know us completely and yet you still love us completely. So much so that you offered your son, Jesus Christ, as an atoning sacrifice for our sins to wipe away the payment that was due. You paid 
in your own life's blood so that we could be free, so we could have life. Thank you. Thank you for that amazing grace. Thank you for that mercy and for opportunity as a church to reflect on that and to celebrate what that means to us, to celebrate the life we have because of you, to celebrate the freedom we have from sin because of you, to celebrate the eternal life we have, the hope we have, the security we have because you paid the price on that cross. Thank you, Lord, for your amazing love for us. As we take this bread, as we take this juice, help us to remember your sacrifice until you come back for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.